Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wrestling Podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-A-N-G. We're all the graps, but without the E. We're not anti-E, we're simply pro-wrestling. I'm Gareth and not joining me today is my fabulous co-host Liam. I'm manning the podcast solo this week as he's been hit by the double whammy of being without internet access and coming down with some kind of bug, which he has assured me is not COVID. Nevertheless, we forge on and what a special interview I have for you today. So I was lucky enough to speak to our first ever competitor from New Japan Wrestling and I couldn't be happier that it is none other than Jeff Cobb. Jeff's been a fantastic performer for a long time now, having runs in Lucha Underground, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Progress, Ring of Honor, and All Elite Wrestling. But New Japan is where he calls home these days. He started wrestling with New Japan back in 2017 um, and had some early success, having previously held the Never Openweight title. But ever since joining the United Empire stable in 2020, he's really been on a roll. That might be an understatement. It was such a nice time chatting with Jeff super chill dude i think you'll really like this conversation so without further ado take it away me and we now welcome to the show one part of the united empire new japan's own jeff cobb thanks so much for joining us jeff well thanks for having me on it's real good to have you so we won't waste any time we're gonna get straight into it we'll get straight to the questions we're still in the shadow of wrestle kingdom where for the second straight year you've had a really high profile singles match how was that event for you? And how did this year compare to previous Wrestle Kingdoms? Uh, well, I feel like uh, the United Empire got some steam, um, you know, when we first started, was it back in uh, 2020? Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and the Great Ocon and, or actually I started off with Will Ospreay and the Great Ocon. Mm. And then, and then I joined, but uh, I feel like we've like, started gaining momentum um, all last year. I mean, it was, it's rough with the, with the current world that we're in uh, with some of our guys um, like uh, Ozzy open and TJP and uh, Hinari. Um, I mean, Hinari eventually joined us, but uh, joined us here in Japan, but guys like uh, Osprey and uh, TJP and uh, Ozzy open, you know, they've mm-hmm. been having a, they've had problems coming over or well, I was got squared away in time for wrestle kingdom. So that's good. But like TJP and Ozzy open, you know, we still want them to come over. Oh, of course. But I mean, like I mentioned, you know, we're, we've gained momentum last year. Uh, we branched out, um, Osprey branched out and brought in Aussie open TJP. So, you know, whenever I get a chance to get to America or England, uh, you know, we're dominating over there, New mm. Japan strong. Um, and then, uh, Osprey and Aussie open are taking over, uh, the UK and Ireland and wherever they go up there in Europe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like it's, a. Uh, you know, we're, it's not a sprint. It's a, it's more of a marathon and we're slowly taking over. And that's, that's our goal right right now is just to take over and, you know, just being a part of Wrestle Kingdom, having three high singles uh, matches hard. um, You know, it it shows a lot that, you know, the United Empire is taking over. Oh, absolutely. It's um, really great seeing all, you know, all three of you this year, having those huge, huge singles matches, obviously didn't go the way you necessarily would have would have liked in terms of sort of who came out on out on top but i do think it kind of shows sort of how important the united empire is to the kind of um, future plans of you know going forward for new japan you know love that aussie open have joined you like big fans of them here like we get to see them sort of a lot on the uk indie scene so yeah really excited for them to be able to join you out in the out in japan as well at some point yeah um you know definitely uh you know, we've had uh, 
was it two world tag leagues now where um, the first one, myself and the great Okan, I mean, we never teamed before up until that, mm. that prestigious tournament. And we almost won that damn thing. Yeah. You know, we lost guys like we lost to uh, G.O.D. and Juice Robinson, David Finley, who eventually won and Zach and Tai Chi, uh, Dangerous Techers, who are all three of them were former IWGP tag team mm. champions. And, you know, they there's their established teams where myself and the great Okan we came in right behind them, not teaming with each other. Mm. And then last year, uh, you know, we had uh, Hinari teaming up with uh, Great Okan, and we almost won that as well. So, yeah. I mean, imagine if we had our, our established team, Aussie Open, in, in the tournament. Oh, absolutely. Imagine if this coming tag league, if everything can get worked out, where Aussie Open and uh, Hinari and Okan are t- teaming up again. I mean, it could be a United Empire Finals for, yeah. for all we know. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm excited for them to come over and show what uh, they've got because um, you know I believe the fans only like you know it's different than seeing it on video or clips mm. or whatnot or gifts or whatever. Yeah. Where you see them in person, you see what they can do, and you see what they can do under the United Empire banner. It's gonna it's so much better than what they were prior. Oh, absolutely. You know, have you had a chance to sort of uh, interact with them? Uh, in person anywhere in the past you know have your paths crossed you and Aussie Open um not when I joined the uh United actually let me let me rephrase that uh pre-pandemic yeah we crossed paths a lot like I used to come to the UK a lot uh you know England uh Ireland Scotland wherever wherever yeah uh, in in Europe and and I would because they were living in uh, England at the time so I would always you know I would run into them every so often I believe they were living in Wolverhampton but you know, it was it was bef- you know it was before any of this United Empire stuff uh, took off, or probably even before it was a thought in uh, Osprey's uh, mind. So, <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned what great success you had in World Tag League recently, and you ha- obviously had incredible success in the most recent G One. You obviously are very good in tournaments. Uh, do you enjoy participating in, in tournaments? Obviously, you know, you've competed in Super Strong Style 16 here in the UK, which Liam and I both attended and sort of saw you taking on Matt Riddle. And, you know, that's one of our, you know, when we talk privately, that's one of our favorite matches we've ever seen live. Um, and obviously you've competed in bowler and things like that. So do you actually enjoy participating in tournaments? Um, I actually do like tournaments. Um, you know, like my, I guess my amateur career, was all about tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one being um, the 2004 Olympics. So uh, I'm not afraid of tournaments. You know, some people are like, oh man, it's such a, it's such a grind. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a grind you know, physically and mentally, but I feel like I've, I mean, I've competed in tournaments pretty much almost my whole life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just another, it's just a different way of prepping for a pro wrestling tournament as opposed to an amateur wrestling tournament. But yeah, like it's never, never been a struggle for you. But yeah, that's really interesting. So you, you competed in the 2004 Olympics, which is obviously as grand a sporting stages as one can imagine. So I'm wondering, how does performing at the Tokyo Dome compare in terms of magnitude and pressure? Um, well, uh, I mean, the, the Olympics is the grandest stage of them all. Um, you know, everybody, like people in pro wrestling use that term very loosely, but um I believe competing in the Olympics is the highest level you can, that you can achieve. Mm. Uh, but that is for amateur wrestling. Now for transitioning to pro wrestling, you know, like there's like an amateur wrestling, I don't, 
like I don't think there's like sacred or hollowed grounds or or legendary arenas that people do wrestling tournaments in. Like I mean, I used to do tournaments in uh, like school gymnasiums and uh sometimes they have branch off into like the school cafeteria. So like you know, it's not as as glitz and glam as it may seem, although like on the pro wrestling side, and it's usually only like if you're a pro wrestler, you know, places like Madison Square Garden, mm. uh the um, Budokan, Rio Goku. I mean, although like probably uh people in the entertainment field where like uh comedians or musicians, they'll probably be like, Oh yeah, Budokan's great. Um Madison Square Garden's great, Tokyo Dome's great. Mm-hmm. So like those kind of things are special to me because I've always been a pro wrestling fan. So being able to compete in Tokyo Dome, Budokan, uh, Rio Goku Sumo Hall, mm. uh, like all those places are definitely in the back of my mind. And then going transitioning to like America side, like I've got the opportunity to wrestle in the Cow Palace, um, Hammerstein Ballroom, uh, the ECW Arena, mm-hmm. uh, Madison Garden. So it's like those kind of things like are super cool from, from my side of it. Yeah. from the pro wrestling that's really exciting you know it's interesting how such meaning can get conferred on just bricks and mortar basically just by the exciting you know excellent matches that have come come before them in in particular arenas um right and you represented guam at the olympics where we like to talk about wrestling around the world here we did wonder is there much of a pro wrestling scene there um fortunately there's no pro wrestling scene on guam mm-hmm. uh it's a, such a small island um i think more so individual sports uh tend to take off more i mean like i remember i mean i haven't been i mean because of this pandemic i haven't been back in years so but like i know team sports are like they love like american style football they love baseball mm. uh, they love basketball but unfortunately you know like a majority of the people in guam are are a little uh, short in stature so uh, it's a little difficult to go to the next level although we do have a bunch that do go off to like a like college in the mainland mm-hmm. America to you know further their education and their uh, careers um we've seen i believe we've seen more success in like individual sports like yeah. pro, uh, wrestling or weightlifting boxing or MMA uh so yeah unfortunately there was no pro wrestling in Guam uh, <laughs> i thought i thought a way to how to start it but um financially it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been good for me of course so just flying the flag for uh, pro wrestling for for guam yourself at the moment yeah and so you know where we're talking about your amateur wrestling as well so it seems to be an excellent base for pro wrestling given the amount of high profile names you know with that amateur wrestling background from your perspective you know why is this and is it just the solid mat fundamentals or do you think there's there's more to it than that um i definitely think it's more to that um I feel like if you've had an athletic background, um, although majority, I mean, if you look back into like the, like the sixties and seventies and eighties and prior, probably even prior before that, uh, there's been a lot of transition from the amateur ranks into, into the pro ranks. Um, I mean, you saw like, I started watching like in the eighties. So when I look back, I'm like, Oh man, like all these guys were amateur wrestlers or, or uh, people call them shooters or whatever. Mm-hmm. But amateur wrestlers man i'm like it's great to have that basic background because that's essentially what we're doing is we're just wrestling but it, now we just threw in the professional part in, in front of it so now it's professional wrestling hmm. although i do i do see i do feel like you have a leg up if you were an an athlete prior and the reason being is i feel like 
especially, well, I can only talk from the pro, uh, from amateur wrestling coming yes. up through that is I feel like with amateur wrestling, if you can get through a whole season, let alone two seasons or three seasons or four seasons in, in high school, and then, you know, even in college as well, um, like it teaches you so much um, thing. It makes you so tough mentally. Mm. I mean, physically, like, physical side. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. But like more so mentally where you don't think you can do it, but you keep pushing yourself through um, case in point. The shirt that I'm wearing right now, New Japan, mm-hmm. um, a lot of their guys they bring in to the young lines that they recruit have been amateur wrestlers in high school and college. Um, and then you see that mentality and that mindset and the strong mind and strong will and strong heart that they have when you see guys, um, I mean, case in point, like if you look at the young line crop now, like they're amazing, especially mm. the guys. In- yeah. Although we were feuding with them in New Japan strong, I, I still have to give them their props because they trained under Shibata who's pretty much had the same background as well. Mm. Whereas had guys like, uh, like Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks and Gabriel kid, and I know I miss, Oh, I'm missing uh, Alex too. <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw me. But like they have, I mean, although some of them have a little bit of wrestling experience, but it did prepare them mentally to where they're at and it's only excelling them. And then you also have guys here in the Japan side. Um, you had like Fujita, uh, Nakashima, who are the young lines now who have amateur wrestling backgrounds and the guys that are, on top of the business that have a lot of amateur backgrounds where, you know, guys like, like the Gotos and the Yanos and, and, and so on and so forth. But mentally it's making you, so, it makes you so much stronger. That's uh, you want to succeed in pro wrestling because it's, it's, it's more mind. It's a, I mean, I don't want to curse on here, but it's a mind fuck as opposed yeah. to a physical side of it. Like it's more mental training than anything. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I can imagine if, you know, you could have the, physical side all down but you know if you're not strong mentally you're probably not going to last a, a great deal of time in in the industry right so given that you, you know you're a fairly big guy i was wondering how the flips and other more high risk moves made it into your arsenal did you have these in mind when you sort of began wrestling or did someone have to talk you into adding that kind of stuff uh well i mean i mean believe it or not i used to wrestle a, at a lighter weight class mm-hmm. uh, i was in high school i was wrestling and i forgot the kilos in high school like it's like uh 180 189 and then when i went off to college and uh, olympic wrestling i was wrestling at 84 kilograms and 97 84 97 fourth um so like i was a lot smaller back then because i you know wrestling is about weight classes i'm not exactly six foot five so i can't be wrestling at heavyweight because i you know got giant large <laughs> yeah I so, uh so i started um yeah when i started professional wrestling you know one of my trainers was like hey you know it's an upper body business so you gotta start lifting more so i started lifting more and then gaining the weight slowly and surely and then eating a lot of food which was <laughs> probably the best side of it like the lifting is cool like don't get me wrong i love lifting weights but yeah. like the eating side of it was even better uh so I definitely was doing that more. Um, when I started pro wrestling training, like I was just like, Oh, I think I can do a shooting star press. And yeah, like my, I think it was like my fifth practice. They're like, hey, can you wow. do it from the top? Yeah, sure. And I did it from the top and I was like, 
shit, I can do it. So that <laughs> was that was I used to use that as my finishing move for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when I got to like I don't know, like 230, 240 pounds, I was like, oh, like this is gonna this is like killer on my knees and stuff. So I started moving away from that and I started transitioning into uh, the tour of the islands as my finisher. Yeah, of course. I always think of the quote, you know, live by the moon salt, die by the naked knees, which I think was, uh, I remember reading in a Mick Foley book many moons ago and I look at sort of uh, Paige Muto and think, yep, you know, so you've probably done a good thing there to elongate your career there by cutting, cutting that out a little bit. Oh yeah. And I have a lot of respect for, uh, for the great Muto or Kenji Muto or whatever you want to call him. Um, but like, if you watch him, like, and his knees are so shot and, you know, more power to him because he loves this business, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, and he is a, he is a living legend, but it's just, you can tell those moonsaults did a number on yeah, his knees. Absolutely. He did them. I don't even, <laughs> I don't know how many times he wrestled and he, and he's probably all, did them once or twice in a match guaranteed. So yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> And so obviously your amateur wrestling background prepared you, you know, to an extent in the, the physical side, but I was wondering about the sort of showman side, the sort of character side of wrestling. Is that something that came easily for you? How has that developed for you, would you say? Um, I mean, I kind of, it was very difficult to make that transition because um, I wasn't like a, a theater guy or anything like yeah. that. So, I, and, you know, in amateur wrestling, you're, you're taught to, like hide night hide your weakness like like show don't show that you're hurt or sore or tired Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas professional wrestling it's the exact opposite (laughs) and it was a little bit a weird situation but i mean eventually you know watching tapes of uh some of the older bigger guys and kind of seeing that and then then my trainer when i moved to uh, california he told me he's like listen like you know this is a fight so I started doing that. Whereas like now, like everything is based off of a, it's a reaction to an action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause I, I fully endorse and promote the realism in wrestling. And, you know, it's not ballet. It's not, uh, I'm, I don't go out there and do gymnastic routines. Um, and so that's pretty much it. Like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show you a fight. Yeah, I think that's exactly what what you do. Then, so last year you were one of the few international wrestlers to remain in Japan. So, what drove that for you? Were there any sort of highs and lows about that experience? Uh, I mean, there's always pros and cons. Um, you know, like like I bought a car, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I before the pandemic, I I I got rid of my like ten year old car, and mm-hmm. I was like like ah, it's time to treat myself. So I bought a brand. <laughs> And then I went off to Japan and I was gone for like three months and I came back for a month and I was gone for four months and I came back for a month. So I was like, Oh man, I bought a brand new car for, <laughs> um, you know, I kind of helped my friend out a little bit. Like I let him drive it around. Uh, but then after a while I'm like, Oh, it's like, I'm paying for a car that I'm not using. Mm. Although I'm still have it, which I probably didn't learn my lesson on, but so yeah. So it's just those kind of things. I mean, there's pros and cons. Like, you know, I, I love Japan. Japan's a, an amazing country. Mm. Like the people are amazing. The culture is amazing. The food is amazing. Um, obviously there's pros and cons, like I said, like, like not being able to like, you know, uh, my friend that just gave birth, like, you know, I can't yeah. just hop on next or I can't just be like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna take 
next weekend off and just go visit him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like I can't do that. Whereas like, if I did that, I, when I come back, you know, there's a quarantine period. So I'm like, mm. oh, is it really worth it? I mean, it's worth it for my friend's sake, but like, I have to line it up with like our tours here and our matches. And So it sounds like, you know, it's done a lot for you, obviously professionally, like you've had an amazing run out there recently, but obviously it's taken its toll sort of on a, on a personal level, would you say? Um, yeah. I mean, I just haven't seen, like seen my friends as much as I mm. want. Although like in this day and age, like with technology, you know, it's like, you always see it. You, you keep up with everybody on Facebook yeah. and Instagram, Twitter, you'll see all that stuff, the good and the bad. Um, although I, I mean, I'm happy to be away from all that because there's so much drama, mm-hmm. like, like, like my Facebook is pretty much like friends and family. So I kind of, if I need to like Twitter and, and Instagram, like, it's just like, Oh, Instagram's not that bad, but Twitter, man. Ooh, yeah. That, I can imagine. That, yeah. Like being a public figure on, on Twitter seems like no fun. Yeah. But so like my favorite thing is like, if I need to post something and I don't really post too often, although I need to start, stop doing that, but um, I'll post something and then I'll just get off of Twitter. Cause I, yeah. it's such a place like, yeah, it's, it's just not a fun thing. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll just spend my time like where my closer friends and family, I'll see mm. them on Facebook, or, you know, like you can message, you can text them or send yeah, them messages. Uh, so it's, it's easier in that aspect where, I mean, if it was the 80s, I'd be, I'd be screwed. But oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't do anything about it. It's, it's a worldwide pandemic. So mm-hmm. you got to do the best you can with the situation we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how have you gotten on with? Have you been learning Japanese at all? Um, yeah, like uh, been studying and writing. Um, I was supposed to go to uh, some classes soon, but um, like uh, I, I kind of like pulled the muscle, so I I can't really. I had to take some time off. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll be back up and soon. And uh, when I have some downtime, I'll be yeah. taking. That's, that's but, cool. I mean, as of now, it's just pretty much uh, like I have an app that helps me, which nice. is great. So, and I have friends that teach me, so it's great. With your sort of spare, you know, free time out there, who have you found yourself sort of spending time with? Have you kind of created some good relationships, you know, with people, with people you can spend time with outside of uh, outside of wrestling? Um, I mean, I got some friends, um, like in a uh, in uh, Fukuoka, which is mm. like an hour and a half west it's more closer to like korea side if you look at it okay, yeah uh, so like i got some friends out here so i'll nice. come down here stay out here and just just to kind of get away from the city yeah uh or nature out here oh, um, that's lovely. yeah so it's like we're 30 minutes from the beach uh 30 minutes from the mountains and you know it's a great it's a great time to especially like if you just want to like after a tour um if i have mm. like two weeks off or something i'll just shoot down here and just kind of like get your head right and just you know just enjoy stuff because like the from 2017 to about right before the pandemic like every time i came over to japan it's pretty much just hotel rooms hotel rooms we'd go do something hotel rooms hotel rooms we'll do something show show shows you know like it was, i mean the one blessing with the pandemic and being here is um i got i got to explore more out yeah. here and like being part like not just be a part of but like getting thrown into and ingraining it in the culture and and the atmosphere and the people and it's great so um 
I thoroughly enjoy that aspect of it. And that's really great to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it and, you know, I can't complain. I mean, obviously there's pros and cons, but there's way more pros than cons. I get the feeling, yeah, that you're making the most of uh, what could be perceived as a bad situation by the sounds of things. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest con is like clothing is not my size out here. So it's difficult, but (laughs) we'll make do. We'll make do. Yeah, absolutely. So you had some incredible highlights, including some unbelievable matches with Shingo and Okada, as well as your record-breaking sort of run in the G1 recently. What have been your sort of personal highlights of your stay out there? Uh, definitely the ones that you just mentioned, yeah. um, as well as uh, uh, main eventing uh, one of the G1 nights with uh, Tanahashi. And because you know, Tanahashi is a legend. Mm. Um, you know, do I like him? Not really, but I respect <laughs> the hell. So, um, I mean, unless he joins the United Empire, then yeah, then I'll like him. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, other than that, like, he is a legend, uh, whether I like him or not. Um, he's paved the way. He carried this company on his back mm-hmm. uh, some downtimes. And, you know, he's been a, he's been definitely one of the pillars to hold up this company. Mm. Um, but being able to main event a match with him uh, in, during the G1 in a tournament that he's won before, mm-hmm. uh, like multiple times, I believe. And being able to do that, it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. Well, that's lovely to hear. Yourself and TJP, you, you both went over to CMLL last year. How was that? Mm-hmm. You know, would you like to do more in Mexico? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind going back there. I mean, the food's great. The, I mean, the fans hate us, which is even <laughs> better. Um, as long as you don't throw stuff at us. Uh, but, no, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time there. Unfortunately, I was only for three days. Uh, but in those three days, uh, myself and TJP went undefeated. Um, I also pinned their heavyweight champion. Um, so, you know, I feel like I need to go back there yeah. and get my title, op- my title opportunity, my title shot. Yeah. Uh, bring another world championship to New Japan and the yeah. United Empire. That'd be huge. And a, another development in New Japan this year was the show with, with Noah. Do you keep abreast of what's going on in Noah? And if so, is there anyone there you'd particularly fancy tangling with? Um, no, because I only worry about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I read from them is uh, what I'll read in the magazines or mm-hmm. what I've seen them. Um, you know, I, you know, I, as a professional wrestler, I don't take anything away from them, but yeah. as far as I care, as, as far as for me personally, um, you know, they haven't, they've, during, like, they invaded um, mm-hmm. the night two of the Tokyo Dome, which kind of pissed me off because it took away from, you know, everybody else on the card. Mm. But, um, you know, I feel like maybe they're scared because they're only going after, like, LIJ, and they're talking smack about Okada or mm-hmm. this and that. And funny enough, they haven't even come along and, uh, you know, mess or even said anything about United Empire. So yeah. maybe you know, maybe they're smarter than they look. Yeah, they know better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've just got some uh, some sillier questions just to kind of round things off before we uh, we finish up, taking up enough of your time. So favorite pizza topping? Um, honestly, I don't I don't really have one. Although I did have one from in Japan a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bogogi pizza, and that sucker was probably one of the best pizzas i've had so what comes on on that um it's it's like a 
like a Korean style beef. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And they just threw it on there. And I had no idea that it was, that was even a thing. And yeah. Yeah. It was one day we're just like, Hey, let's get some pizza. And we saw it and we order it. And I was like, man, it's expensive, but it was worth it. Going to have to investigate that when uh, I'm able to make it out to Japan. And um, are you a karaoke guy? And if so, what's your go-to song? Um, so my ethnicities are Filipino and Japanese mm-hmm. to go along with my Irish side. So those two alone are, <laughs> are legends. Um, I unfortunately, I didn't get the voice for it. Although I think I do have, like, I don't make it an, a point to go sing yeah. karaoke. You know, people go out and we'll go. Um, the Filipino side in me always has to sing something from Journey. <laughs> Wonderful. Although I can't get it high pitched as that but no, yeah that's it's, always yeah. a great shout for karaoke mm-hmm. and then what are your go-to snacks from uh, 7-eleven be it in japan or back home um i found out or i in my experience the 7-elevens in japan kill yeah the 7-elevens in america um in in terms of cleanliness um healthier options and food like you can eat a lot there and not mm-hmm. be not feel sick um <laughs> although the american side if you're into energy drinks the american 7-elevens destroy japan 7-elevens as mm-hmm. opposed to like energy. um probably junk food too like you can get those little taquito whatever oh. like steak and cheese things mm-hmm. that like i think they're like a dollar each or something like that i don't know um i haven't been to 7-eleven in america in a while unfortunately yeah. um 7-eleven's here uh if you're if we're on the road and we, that's the only thing you got you can definitely get a nice little bento box that mm. has like meat and some rice on it uh they throw it in the microwave for you in, like a minute and it's amazing you can get some good stuff out mm. here uh they have these little chicken uh that are pre pre-packaged so it's not fried or anything like that um you do kind of it kind of gets old after a while yeah. but i mean kind of mix it up and you know sure. eat that yes the next time so yeah, uh nice. the, it, and they've got some amazing uh dessert section to selection too <laughs> aren't as sweet as american desserts yeah so like they sugar but they put so much more effort in the mm. presentation um like i had a like a little a little bun and it was like a it was like a Mario themed one. So it was a Yoshi bun. Ah, cute. It, it was, they dyed it green and they had like little eyes and stuff on yes. it. And that's adorable. It like a dollar. And it was a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. I am. Um, that sounds, I, I, um, I had a go at making a melon pan recently because another one of our guests mentioned and I'd not heard of it before. And I, so I, so one of my hobbies is baking. So I learned how to make melon pan and I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. <laughs> There you go. I think it was. I think it was a melon flavored one because yeah. it was green, uh, but it, was, it had like cream in the middle or something oh, like that. Beautiful. But it, it was good. It was good. It wasn't like I didn't feel like shit after I ate it because it wasn't <laughs> just sugar. Shop. But yeah. it was. It was good. It was good, especially for a dollar. Sounds like Japan Japanese junk food at the very least agrees with you. Yeah. And um, do you have any sort of hobbies or interests outside of wrestling that you know you're passionate about that fans might not know about? Uh Mm, I don't know because like I've lately I've been kind of just biding my time figuring mm-hmm. out you know when when I got to go 
back to like suplexing people, but uh, <laughs> been learning Japanese lately. Uh, trying to play the ukulele, not oh, that I'm... good. Trying keyword is trying. Yeah. Um, every so often I'll, I'll play a video game, but yeah, I haven't had too much time lately. Right. But usually when I'm on the roads, I'll have more time sure. just to yeah, just to turn my brain off. Yeah. Any um any video games particularly been doing it for you lately? Any recommendations? Uh, I I do like the uh, the NBA two K series. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and then whatever Call of Duty comes out, just because I like to go online and like yeah. I'm best, but I'm okay. But I love hearing people get so pissed off in their video. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, there's yelling at each other. Yeah. I was like, dude, you real life but it's fun to hear them because it's some of the insults you hear i'm like oh man i could probably use that in a promo eventually yeah, but damn right and then lastly what are the main goals for you for 2022 you've obviously you had a great 2021 what's what's on the agenda for jeff cobb in 2022 um definitely to win a tournament in japan whether it be a new japan cup that's coming up uh, march 2nd i believe or the g1 which mm-hmm. i was two match actually yeah, I guess two matches away from mm. so it's either one of those tournaments and also, you know, getting some gold in New Japan is Absolutely. definitely high on my list. Yeah. Well, best of luck with with that. You know, can't wait to see how it goes for you. You know, Liam and I had previously sort of discussed off air and we said you're probably a lock for the uh, New Japan Cup. So we'll be keeping our fingers crossed for you. And just thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real treat speaking with you. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. And that was the lovely Jeff Cobb. If only we could all have friends as kind as his, letting his power drive around in his new car like that. What a guy. Thanks again go out to Jeff and everyone at New Japan Wrestling that helped make this interview possible. Uh, be sure to follow Jeff on Twitter. You can find him at Real Jeff Cobb. And if you're not already subscribed, now is the perfect time to sign up to New Japan World, being the start of a new month. This is where you'll be able to see Cobb tearing it up, you know, week in, week out. That's over at newjapanworld.com. And there's so much upcoming English content for you with 40 events and programs alone throughout February and March. Uh, Particularly, I'm really looking forward to the 50th anniversary show on March 1st and then the New Japan Cup kicking off the following night, March 2nd. Also, if you're stateside and want to see Jeff in action, he's going to be wrestling as part of New Japan Strong's Windy City Riot event on April 14th. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, You know, do check out the New Japan Strong weekly show on New Japan World. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at WrestlingPod, that's wrestling without the E. Or if you want to get in touch with us the old-fashioned way, why not send us an email? We're WrestlingPod at gmail.com. Again, that's wrestling without the E. And then, of course, you can go to WrestlingPod.com. Again, that's wrestling without the E. For all the links you'll need. So that's links to our personal Twitter, where to listen. Uh, all that good stuff is right there for you. And if I can ask you a favor if you're, if you're listening in, It would really help us reach more people if you would be so kind as to rate and review us on iTunes and whatever podcasting app you're using. That would be brilliant. We've we've had some lovely reviews already and I I would it would warm my heart to see some more. So that's all for this week. But be sure to join us next Friday where I'll hopefully be rejoined by my friend and co-host Liam. But in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graps. (laughs) 